0: Speaking of mostly sunny, joining us now, our good friend, Mr. Al Batt. Hey, good morning, Al. How did Heartland fare with all the rain? We got about over eight inches here in uh, just uh, around campus.
1: Yeah, we got four inches. Oh, okay. Which was uh, well, that was plenty, I guess. So you know, we got a little seepage into the Ooh. into the basement. Stuff stuff happens when you get that much rain at one time. And but I I feel sorry for all the folks with a lot of water problems and roads closed and everything else going on. So it's just uh, one of those deals, I guess. So sometimes things pile on, yes. but still there's more beauty in my zip code and your zip code than we could see or hear in two lifetimes. I went outside today and the sweet sounds of goldfinches greeted me. Uh, What is yellow weighs 4,000 pounds and sings beautifully? Hmm. It's a a two-ton American goldfinch. You don't (laughs) see many of those, but boy, if you do, let me know. We got a story there. I'm watching as as I speak here. There's uh, catbirds feeding on the suet, uh, young catbirds and the, the adults, and I I I always see them feeding on suet, but never like this year. Boy, the, I suppose it's this family. There's suet eaters, and they're just uh, boy, they're just uh, eating suet and eating suet. And Smithsonian scientists reported that 79 percent of the fledged catbirds in the suburbs of washington dc were killed by predators before they reached adulthood with forty nine percent of those dispatched by domestic cats the young catbirds that i see here they have a little shorter tail than the adults and they're just cute little guys and they just um they're kind of friendly like the young rosebreasted grosbeaks they're just uh, they The catbirds move a little quicker. The rose or grosbeak young just move uh, like they're, I don't know, a step behind. They're just really slow, so they're pretty easy pickings for predators. But here, maybe the suet feeder has become a catbird seat, and that's a reference to a position of great prominence or advantage. Uh, legendary baseball announcer, Red Barber, used the expression, sitting in the catbird seat, meaning a baseball player was sitting pretty. That'd be like a batter that had uh, a, a count of three balls and no strikes. He's, boy, he can just watch the next pitch, or he can really lean into it. It's believed the expression originated in a 1942 short story by James Thurber, oddly enough, called the catbird seat. I was uh, filling bird feeders the other morning when I frightened a chipmunk from a hanging feeder and a jump from the feeder into the birdbath. Now, I'm sure that wasn't intentional. He splashed down, jumped from the water. You, you notice I'm saying he, because I just figure who else would do that to have to be a male. He splashed down, jumped from the water, and scurried off after a dive that would have made Greg Lugana sprout. I watched a blue jay grab a peanut shell holding two peanuts and swallowed it. And then it snatched another hull covering two goobers in its bill and flew away. A jay can transport food in its throat, an upper esophagus, an area called a gular pouch. Uh, Canada geese, I bet a lot of people have noticed that they're flying again about five weeks after Canada geese hatch. The adults molt which renders them flightless until the goslings can fly at 9 to 10 weeks of age. At that time, they're all able to fly, and that's typically during the second half of July. I know I mentioned I found a few dogbane leaf beetles, and as I moved slightly, their iridescent colors shifted from blue to green to red to orange. I had to stop and write that down. It was like quiet fireworks. The beetles feed on the poisonous sap of milkweed and dogbane. I tossed a small, you know, the end piece of a loaf of bread that nobody seems to eat. We're so wasteful. It just it sits in that little wrapper, and you just keep, uh, you lose the little, twist tie so pretty soon you're just wrapping the the (laughs) wrapper around this one little piece and finally I just decided I'm going to toss it out on the lawn to see what would become of it see if a squirrel would get it or what would happen to it a crow there didn't seem to be any crows around but all of a sudden a crow it was quick it came down and it grabbed it and later while I was pushing the lawnmower around mowing the lawn oddly enough with a lawnmower I found a crow feather in the spot where the pizza had been. A coincidence or a a quid pro crow? Sorry about that. Uh, Cicadas are calling. They're declaring it to be summer, so it's it's final. I watched a great horned owl land twice in the yard not long before dusk. I didn't see it catch anything. It might have attempted to find relief from being mobbed by jays, robins, chickadees, nuthatches, catbirds, woodpeckers, and grackles. And mobbing is a loud expression of outrage and a behavior birds engage in to defend themselves or their offspring from predators. And the smaller birds work together like an indignant committee to annoy the owl from the yard. And uh, the night was, uh, it proved generous with its stars. Um, We talked, uh, Bruce Waldorf had seen a bird with uh, yellow uh, lines on it. And I might have misunderstood the question a little bit. I know I sent you a photo right after the show, Karen. The red-winged blackbirds have a yellow line on the wing. They don't always show that, Bruce, but I hope uh-huh. you're listening. Uh, take a look at that. It, a red-winged blackbird has yellow on each wing, And but I was thinking there was more than one line on each wing when you were... that question, but... I'm probably wrong, you know, I'm a, I'm a male. I'm, I'm used to being wrong, so we just don't accept it. We're used to it. We just don't accept it. Uh, Kim Williams of Heartland sent, well, Heartland slash Fairmont, uh, she sent my wife a photo of a young sunflower tortoise beetle. Hmm. Uh, they do look sort of like a tortoise, and when they're uh, a full adult. They have this beautiful white head, and as you might expect from the name Sunflower Tortoise Beetle, they feed on sunflowers. The leaves. Uh, Mark Sorenson of Hollandale said there were loons calling on Geneva Lake in June this year. He'd never heard them that late, and he saw an osprey traveling around there. Uh, Mary Kalinowski. <clears throat> Mary lives in Baxter, Minnesota, and thanks for listening, Mary. She sent me a clipping of the family circus that's saying birds smile with their whistles. So that uh, family circus cartoon gathered the attention of a lot of fine fine folks. Uh, Cindy Drill of North Mankato said, Yesterday our second set of robins fledged from the honeysuckle trellis. We almost missed the start of this brood. Since it came about with far less fanfare than the original construction efforts of the first. The first nest produced four and the second three youngsters, the last to leave spent half the day perched on the carport eaves, ignoring his parents' pleas to move on anywhere, anywhere. Early last week, we were suddenly inundated with chipping sparrows and their ungainly foster children, suspiciously resembling cowbirds. Yeah, chipping sparrows raise a lot of cowbirds. Around the back of the feeder in particular, much to my delight after having seen only two Orioles this year during early migration, three young ones suddenly began spending time in our yard. I quickly replaced my Oriole feeders, but the new guys didn't seem to care. They were all about the bird bath. Our uh, hummingbird was pretty tickled with the orange nectar feeder, however, and stopped using the other hummingbird feeders for a while. I haven't seen the Orioles this week at all. Now there are numerous house finch families to fill the void, along with young chickadees, a trio of fuzzy, downy woodpeckers played king of the hill with a front bird feeder. A pair of cardinals with two offspring arrived in the front yard. To all appearances, the adults were vigorously convincing the young that they were ready for an empty nest. Goldfinches seem not to be too interested in thistle this summer, but are emptying the sunflower feeder as fast as I can fill it. A small group of waxlings arrived while I was in the yard this past week. They grouped in the maple tree, and one flew into the magnolia over the pond and whistled to the others. When no one came to join it, it flew back to the maple and tried <laughs> to regroup, and then over to the pond. After more whistling back and forth, the one gave up, and the entire group left. Proof, I guess, that you can lead a flock to water, but you can't make them drink. Finally, our first rose-breasted grosbeak of the year, a young male is visiting. My husband is disappointed to only see him in his juvenile plumage but I hope he remembers where he visited and maybe comes back next year all growing up oh and my daughter and I were thrilled to see indigo buntings last week on a walk in a local park two males sitting on a trail and singing their little hearts out uh, Michael Bonner <clears throat> Michael uh, Michael lives in Cortland and he sent me a photo of milkweed and. He said, uh, any idea how these fellows are endangered or should I start picking them off my precious milkweed? Uh, they are milkweed tussock moth caterpillars.
0: Yes, those have been a big discussion in the Master Gardeners' listserv Two people taking pictures and saying, what are these? They're not monarch caterpillars, and I've had them too, and they just decimate the entire plant. But are they bad guys otherwise?
1: You know, I, I don't... Uh, I don't think so. Uh, each is an explosion, if folks, if you haven't seen them. Each is an explosion of hair tufts yes. <laughs> that makes them look like tiny bedroom slippers yes, to me they do. when they get to a certain age. They are native, and they certainly can defoliate milkweed. And if you uh, want to get rid of them, handpicking is a, a pretty good way, or just put a can or a, a pail under them and knock them down in there. Or if you have dog mane nearby, toss them onto that plant. They will be more than happy to feed on the dogbane.
0: Do they, so, sometimes those those ones with the hairy, sticky things, things that stick out can sting, though? Are they ones that can kind of sting, or how do you know if there's a caterpillar that if you touch it is going to get kind of that owie
1: Yeah, it's usually those that are really, really brightly colored. Oh, okay. That are the ones. uh, Nature's been kind of kind. I'm sure that's not true of all of them, but nature's kind of kind in many ways saying, here, this is, you know, look how bright that is. Maybe you should leave that alone. You probably shouldn't um, be touching that or or licking it or doing any of the (laughs) chewing it or doing any of those weird things. And uh, I don't think these guys do because I've I've picked them up through the years a number of times and they uh, again they are native and they're hungry so they will uh, they will defoliate milkweed so if you get too many of them on there you probably want to do something about it. Michael also said by the way a friend has a flycatcher nesting on a support beam underneath his porch roof and he doesn't know which kind it is. I saw her but I could only see her head and neck, plus the sun was behind her. She had her beak open. as this to help cool, almost like dogs panting? Ooh. According to my book, it could have been any of seven different kinds of flycatchers. Hummingbird came hovering on the spot six inches from my outstretched hand. Really cool. I uh, sent some pictures to Michael. My initial guess would be Eastern Phoebe's because they're the ones that build nests under overhangs. You'll see them in uh, parks and uh, outbuildings and sometimes on houses. And they do pant. Uh, Panting increases the passage of air through the system, increases evaporation from the lungs, and lowers temperature of a bird. I love seeing babies.
0: I've got a couple of people who have texted me on the the text here, and I want to share that with you. So this one doesn't say sure. who it's from, but says, maybe you've already addressed the Japanese beetles, but is there a method for killing off next year's population? Also, what's your take on the Jap- on the beetle traps? Thanks, and we greatly appreciate your wit and wisdom.
1: Oh, well, how sweet. Um, Karen, you and I have talked about yes. the, the traps. <laughs> uh, they are, Stay away. it sounds like they're pretty good for attracting beetles. Yes. Uh, not so good at getting rid of them and uh, i know there's all kinds if you go on youtube you will find all kinds of homemade traps you can try i can't uh, testify to the effectiveness of any of those but it seems like most people, they say it's really good if your neighbor puts up one of those traps. So maybe the thing is to just tell your neighbor how great those traps are so they'll put them up and attract all the beetles over to to their yard, from your yard. Where, where Japanese beetles have been for a long time, the numbers build up to just an excruciating level and then they kind of taper off. And that's what I'm hoping will happen here they are uh oh, they're pretty i will give them that uh as far as getting rid of them boy i don't know karen you have other than picking them off
0: well yeah, picking them off but then when the grubs get in the ground because they cause a lot of damage if you got a lot of brown turf and stuff and it kind of peels up easily it's probably the grubs and people put what's called milky spore down and i think it's in the fall when you do that and that can get rid of some of the grubs and Um, it's not a guarantee because if your neighbor doesn't do it, it's still going to be in the neighborhood. And I've got one of my neighbors down the road who's done it and said, well, we'll see if it helps. So I'll have to talk to him. But so that is one of the things. If you go to the university extension, go to University of Minnesota extension and type in Japanese beetles, it talks about some of those methods like using the milky spore uh, treatment. And uh, of course the, the picking them off method. And it also will talk a little bit about the traps being effective in attracting them but ineffective in keeping them away because what happens is they come and and then they the traps are there but they also find much more attractive plants so yeah university extension is always a great resource to find that
1: and there's also uh, raccoons and skunks will love to dig up your lawn for the grubs to find the grubs and eat them so uh, sometimes when your lawn is torn up it could be other grubs but very often, the way the population of Japanese beetles are going, they are digging up Japanese beetles and uh, the, the larvae and eating them. So they love grubs, and they can really uh, make a mess of a lawn sometimes. <laughs> so
0: so you can, if you can deal with their mess, then you can, there's another way to help reduce the population. So which is the worst of the two or three or whatever evils is what you have to decide.
1: Yeah, and boy, listeners, of you have uh, you know, come up with any uh, any good way to battle Japanese beetles, we would love to hear about them because anybody with a garden is, uh, <laughs> you just mention Japanese beetle, and you can tell they're a gardener of one kind or another because they just kind of have that uh, shudder, involuntary shudder, well, and you know they're going to have a Japanese beetle story.
0: The other thing is to plant things that don't like them, or, or I say sometimes plant a sacrificial thing that you know they like, and then maybe they'll go to that instead that you really just kind of like, okay, you can have that and don't deal with them. So it's kind of a, a lot of decision-making and what you can tolerate in terms of, you know, a few holes here and there.
1: And they will eat uh, over 300 plants now, yes. scientists have found, which is just, uh, it's incredible that they can eat that many things and and yet prosper.
0: But you know, one thing I found was interesting last year, I had the pole beans and they were just decimated. I mean, they just went to town on them. So I thought, well, this year I'm going to plant the bush beans and they have not bothered the bush beans at all. So I don't know if it's because they were higher or if they taste different. I don't, I don't know. To me, the green, you know, the beans are still good, either one, but that seemed to help. So that's my suggestion with beans because they, they love them, at least the pole beans and these, they just kind of don't care about them.
1: That would certainly be a selling point for some kind of plant that uh, in a garden center you can say, well, Japanese beetles don't like this, but yeah. uh, you know how it is. You you plant stuff that's supposed to be deer-resistant, and, and then you go out and yeah. the deer have eaten it right to the ground. So,
0: I, I've got another uh text here from our friend John sure. in New Ulm. He says he's going to his dad's for a few days today. He said his sister has surgery today and starts chemo on friday and he says al probably knows this and every time he says this you probably don't but he says what what tree is small enough to hold
1: what tree is small enough to hold well i'd say a bonsai tree but oh. that wouldn't be funny so i know that wouldn't be it uh a palm tree
0: a palm tree. A palm, tree a palm tree palm oh, tree palm tree yes
1: i was one letter <laughs> off there yeah. I thought poultry. It's a poultry sum. There you Thank know. you, John. And again, uh, good luck uh, to your sister. I know what that all is like. So. Uh, Dix maybe of Austin said, Al, I thought you would enjoy my experience with a mystery bird. My neighbor who lives in the other half of our twin home asked me yesterday if I had heard the loud bird call during the night and then it was keeping him awake. He told me it was still calling in the morning. We went to the backyard and heard the call of five sharp notes. It sounded like it was coming from a tree in the backyard, and then from a tree close to the house. I looked in the arborvitae, but couldn't see or hear I couldn't see anything. He had his bedroom window open, and I realized it was coming from inside the house. I asked him if he had checked his smoke detector or carbon monoxide detector lately. This morning he said it was the CO detector. I must admit, it did sound like a bird. So, yeah, Hmm. I think that's happened to probably more people than they are willing to admit. Uh, Kent Spellman of Albert Lee said, Al, you have spoken about cicada wasps the last two shows on the Maverick. My cousin, Stephen Fliggy, has a show on the Maverick and needs (laughs) help. Steve has a large lot that has a big open space to the sun. The wasps really love the property and come to inhabit the same every July and August. I tell him they then leave and travel to Helena, Arkansas for the winter and then work their way up the river every spring and summer until they arrive back at his lot. He does not appreciate the humor. (laughs) He wants to know what you would recommend to get rid of the wasps. What I have read is that you locate the burrows they form, and then at night pour boiling water down the hole and cover the hole with a cup of glass. Is there a more humane way to convey to the wasps that they are not welcome and need to find another place to spend the months of August and September? The other question we have is we thought cicadas only come out in droves every so many years, but our friends the cicada wasps seem to be able to find their prey of cicadas every summer. Please explain, we'll be listening and prepared to take action immediately following your show. I'm picturing them in three-point stances there, just getting <laughs> yeah. ready. Uh, female cicada killers, they search for cicadas. A cicada stung, is carried or drugged to a burrow and placed in a nest. Cicada killers prefer tunneling in light clay to sandy soil. They like full sun with sparse vegetation. Uh, they like well-drained slopes. The female is larger than the male. The female egg is given two or three cicadas, while the male egg gets only one. After the eggs hatch, the grubs consume the paralyzed cicadas. They molt, form overwintering cocoons, and then they emerge next July. The males die after mating, and the females die after laying eggs. That's
0: just all creepy, Al, really creepy how they do <laughs> yes. that.
1: Well, you know, I love to see those wasps. By the end of August, all the adults are dead. So at the end of next month, they're all gone.
0: But how so many wasps can, can actually one, or how many cicadas can one wasp actually kill? Like, is there a number that they do, one a day or one a week or...
1: What, year? They live for a couple weeks, so as many as they can oh. uh, sting and drag, it's a, oh, it's a torturous duty because <laughs> the cicadas are huge prey for a wasp, even of that size. And so it's a lot of work, and they just burn themselves out, I would think, after a while. So probably not uh, all that many, although there's probably some like the joey chestnut of eating hot dogs there's a wasp that they all talk about in hushed tones about how many cicadas she dispatched in one year the adult cicadas they feed on nectar and the males are unable to sting the female isn't aggressive Uh, i tell everyone if you grab one and said unkind things about her mother she might sting you Uh, There are chemicals. uh, If you go to your favorite garden center, there are wasp um, killers that you can put down those holes to get rid of them if you need to. Uh, But the dog day cicadas are also called annual cicadas, and that's the ones we hear around here most of the time. They are seen every year in Minnesota, so the wasps have those to prey upon. Periodical cicadas don't occur in Minnesota. Uh, they spend either 13 or 17 years as a nymph in the ground and then emerge together in these large numbers. And when I, I was leading a walk in Washington, D.C., and I, I read something, I, I don't remember if it was in the paper or where, but, of course, I used it on my walk, where it said a tree could hold as many as 40,000 cicadas. And there could be as many as one and one-half million per acre. I believe that because that day it was impossible to talk when you're under a tree. They were so loud. We don't get them here, but periodical cicadas occur in 46 counties now, I believe they've seen them, in central, south-central, and southeast Iowa. So um, they're, they're close, but not here. And Karen, you asked a great question about if daddy long legs are able to spin a web.
0: Well, you know, I've never seen a daddy long legs on a web now that I come to think of it. And somebody else had mentioned that as well. And I thought, well, hmm, do they, do they make webs because they look like spiders?
1: They do look like spiders. And I have to add that some people refer to cellar spiders, the spiders you see down in your basement. They call those daddy long legs and some uh, call crane flies these huge flies harmless flies that look like giant mosquitoes Mm -hmm. they call them daddy long legs oh but the daddy long legs that most of us here are familiar with they're the ones we see outdoors and they're little uh, they look like a little bean with long legs and they're called harvest men they're ground dwelling outdoor creatures they are arachnids but they're not spiders. And harvest men cannot produce silk, therefore they cannot make webs. They're the ones that uh, all the stuff uh, you get emailed to you every so often say they're one of the most poisonous creatures on earth, but uh, their problem is they can't bite you. So I uh, they really aren't uh, they're much pretty of hum- a threat.
0: They're pretty harmless, aren't they?
1: Completely. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're they're really neat. I used to pick them up in their front legs and kind of wave around, and that was supposed to be <laughs> which direction the cows were. Oh, so you could go get the cows. things. they were wrong a lot, a real lot. But I suppose there were everybody had cows in those days, so I suppose they were just waving around, knowing there's that some cow <laughs> there would there'd be a cow over there. Uh, some kind of odd bird seen quickly. Chad Hines saw a common gallinule in Blue Earth County. Aaron Peach saw the same uh, species of bird in Nicollet County. Uh, Luke Hollander saw a yellow-breasted chat in Wasika County. Again, that's the bird I want to see in Freeborn County because I don't have one in Freeborn County. Uh, Luke Hollander also saw a blue grosbeak in uh, Blue Earth County. Those are just, uh, they're lovely birds. I like all grosbeaks, but... Uh, blue colors in birds and flowers and everything like that are just uh, I find them all breathtaking I hope everyone is uh, being well and prospering it's just it's been uh, oh I it's it's been always something every day but I hope you get out or look out a window I tell everybody that I live 3,688 0.12 Smoots. that's S-M-O-O-T, Smoots from the nearest post office. And a Smoot <clears throat> is a uh, unit of measurement equal to 5 feet 7 inches. In 1958, a fraternity at MIT used one of its pledges, the uh, 5 foot 7 Oliver Smoot Jr., as a unit of measure to mark off the Harvard Bridge in 10 smoot increments. They had time on their hands. I used to mosey many smoots out yonder with remarkable regularity. I'd drive some roads over and over. I know a lot of you do that. And some had so much traffic, it was obvious that someone had left the gate open. Others had so little traffic, I had time to notice things. I drove by one house in Nebraska so often through the years that I recognized changes. I paid attention when a different car lived in the drive or the garden size had changed or moved slightly. Last time I went by, the white house had been painted yellow. I had to circle back for a second look. I didn't approve of that modification. I hope you all have the very best day of your lives. Uh, Remember, Heartland is well worth driving past. Thanks for listening. Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Thank you, Karen, as always. And, uh, boy come up with something that will do away with Japanese beetle and I and all the listeners will invest with you and we'll all become like billionaires
0: well before you go I do have two more folks that just oh, as okay. we were ending the show came in with a couple of comments and questions and this is from Deb Yu she says I find the hole for the cicada killer wasp and I put a mason jar over it at night and after they're settled in I caught many that way so I guess there yeah, you go. Yeah,
1: that would do it. Yeah, if, if somebody sent me a, a photo of uh, he hit him with a fly swatter. He's oh, got this whole big pile of cicada killer wasps. Okay. And again, I'm a fan of cicada killer wasps. They're so
0: good. They're good guys. Yeah, generally. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and the other one is from uh, Trombone Don. He asked, please ask Al about tarantula hawk wasps
1: trombone Don. Oh, there's got to be a story there. You yeah. don't think he plays a trombone, do you?
0: Gosh. I bet he
1: does. <laughs> I, uh, I love, uh, it's great hearing from you, trombone Don. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about them. They, I know that they have a horrendous sting, Ooh. They're one of these things. Uh, who is the guy? There's a Schmidt Sting Pain Index, and he's an entomologist, and he ranks the pain of insect stings from one to four. I would think you'd need a lot more numbers for some of those. But one of those that came out really high on there was the tarantula hawk. And uh, I think I've seen them in Texas, and I know they are just terrible for being stung. And this guy, what a job. I don't know if he was writing a book or what he was doing. It just would allow himself to be stung by all these various creatures. And what a great man. Maybe if you find Um, out
0: more, you could tell more. By the way, I wanted to add that Trombone John has texted before, and he texted a picture of his forearm and he write, wrote, I am the trombone man, and his forearm has a, an, a tattoo of a trombone and a bass clef signature. So, yep, oh, he must cool. play trombone.
1: <laughs> how cool is that? I, you know, I, I like, I don't have a, a tattoo because I can't figure out what in the world I'd get. But I like tattoos like that that are really uh, have some meaning. And, again, the tarantula hawk is this giant wasp, and uh, they sting tarantulas paralyzing them and then they lay eggs in them just like the cicada killer wasps do to cicadas and i know they're in texas and california and down south like that but uh, boy thanks for bringing that up Trombone. That's uh, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with him. I just called him trombone. Not his <laughs> He's your name, best but,
0: friend now. You uh, know, there's a guy yeah. that that calls himself tuba something too. So now we got trombone Don as well, and I love it. So music lovers well, and and nature lovers, we love to have our listeners uh, weighing in and asking questions. That's awesome. Thank you, and thank, thank you, you Al. Sure. We'll be chatting next week, and uh, you know, if anybody has questions in the meantime, send them our way, and I'll send them on to you. How's it sound?
1: Sounds great. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, bye-bye, Al.
1: Bye-bye.
0: 1035, and we uh, love chatting with Al Batt every Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Let's check outside and see how things are looking.